welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Well, good morning. Um, I'm Chris. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hi, guys. Um, let's take a moment of silence and uh, say the serenity prayer. Prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind Well, as I said, I'm Chris. I'm a recovering sexaholic and just wanted to welcome you guys. Appreciate you staying despite the, it's a little warm in here, but uh, really appreciate you guys sticking around uh, for the, this is the SA Atlanta quarterly speaker meeting. And uh, Bill S. has been kind enough to, to drive down from Nashville. Uh, he's been sober in SA for going on 20 years now, right? Uh, 18 years, almost 18, 19. Almost 19 years. And uh, uh, Bill is going to give a talk today on sponsorship. And uh, we will leave some time for question and answers at the end. But also, too, if there is a brief question that pops up during the talk, if, if somebody wants to raise their hand, uh, Bill said he would field some questions during the talk, too. But we'll definitely leave some time at the end for questions and answers. And with that, I'm going to let uh, Bill take it away. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Um, my name's Bill, and I'm a recovered sexaholic. Um, I uh, would uh, like just to, to start the, the, this talk on uh, uh, going to the literature, and then I'll share uh, some of my uh, personal uh, experience with this as well. Um, in, uh, in the white book, uh, the section uh, Getting Started, uh, interestingly enough, uh, has a, a section on page 72 called Getting an Essay Sponsor. And um, uh, it, it makes a, a statement uh, that as we go into the steps, we find it indispensable to rely for help on those who have gone this way before. In 12-step programs, the term commonly used is sponsor. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when I uh, uh, go uh, whitewater rafting, um, I want to make sure that I've, that I've got a guide in the boat that's run the river before. Somebody who knows where the rocks are, where you know where the uh, hydraulics are and and so forth, um, and uh, uh, and I think that pretty much applies to most most any uh, uh, activity. Uh, none of the people who uh, won gold medals in the past week uh, got there without good coaching. Uh, it talks about uh, uh, getting uh, a temporary sponsor as soon as one is serious about recovery, um, and. Uh, I want to be real clear. Um, I came to my uh, first 12-step meeting uh, as a uh, as a participant in 1988. Uh, 
back in the early 80s during my training, somebody thought it would be a good idea for me to uh, go observe some uh, 12-step meetings, and I did that. Um, but um, I, started, I started coming uh, to uh, uh, meetings in, in December of 1988 because my, uh, my baby sister had gone into treatment for alcoholism. And I started going to Al-Anon meetings uh, because uh, uh, Al-Anon, similar to Esnon, is for uh, people who ha- have a problem of uh, alcoholism in a uh, friend or family member. And, and, uh, and so by going to Al-Anon, I was the victim. It wasn't my fault. And, uh, and then somewhere uh, shortly thereafter, I started attending open AA meetings, and the man who was taking me to those meetings uh, uh, knew that I really needed to uh, to be in those meetings, even though I didn't. Uh, but since they were open AA meetings, uh, I could go and and uh, and and not have to uh, take any responsibility for my own recovery. Uh, I'm grateful that I hung around there uh, long enough to realize one day that if I didn't. Uh, quit drinking and drugging that I was going to die from it and started my own recovery journey um, and that was that was uh and when i when I had that that realization um, I, and i told I told Jim uh, who was my first sponsor that you know I suddenly realized that and he just smiled kind of like well it's about time and uh he said, he's, and I said, you know, if I don't do quit this, I'm going to die. He says, you're absolutely right, and the good news is you know what the solution is. And, uh, and so that, that was kind of where it started. Um, so the idea that someone is serious about recovery when they show up at their first meeting, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily true because uh, I never really wanted to quit drinking or drugging. I never wanted to give up my... Uh, 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 actions with uh, my, my my addiction to lust. What I wanted was the pain to go away. I wanted the consequences to go away. I wanted the people of Alcoholics Anonymous to show me how I could control and enjoy alcohol, and I I, uh, I wanted you guys to show me how I could uh, look at a little pornography, masturbate occasionally, and not have bad and of course. You and the guys in AA both let me down. So, <laughs> so I think the idea of, uh, of 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 getting a sponsor is really good because because there's um, there there I just don't think that any of us uh, are capable of working our ways through a twelve step uh, uh, through the the program of recovery that we call the twelve steps without someone uh, to guide us. Um, and I noticed that the, uh, I'll, I'll refer to that later, in the reading uh, at the beginning of the previous meeting from Bill's story where it talks about how he's going through the steps. Remember, it was his, his uh, school friend who had, who had found recovery through a predecessor of Alcoholics Anonymous called the Oxford Groups who had brought the message to Bill and showed Bill how Bill could go through the steps to have his spiritual awakening. Okay, so no, none of us, none of us, not even the guy who founded Alcoholics Anonymous did it on his own. Okay, and and then you say, well, what about the guy who brought the message to Bill? Well, that's okay because it keeps going back on and on and on. Um, 
<clears throat> anyway, the, uh, the, the issue is of, of getting a sponsor is, uh, I think, uh, really driven home. And uh, at the bottom of 73, it says there are a few absolute requirements a prospective sponsor should have, but a period of comfortable sexual sobriety, including progressive victory over lust, is surely a must. Another requirement is that he or she be ahead of us in working the steps. Um, the norm is that men sponsor men and women sponsor women. Um, and, uh, and that's the norm, but that, in some places, uh, and, and again, in the early days of, of, uh, of SA, uh, there were no, uh, uh, there were no, uh, women sponsors for, for the SA women. So, um, they, they, uh, some of them got sober with men's sponsors. And, and the first few women in AA had the same experience. Uh, so while it's a good idea, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, absolutely ironclad. Um, the other point that's made in there, which I think we tend to overlook a lot in our, our fellowship, is the idea of progressive victory over loss. Um, uh, for me, uh, not acting out is, is not recovery. Okay? Um, and, in, and in fact, uh, it, it describes in the White Book uh, that 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 we work the program of recovery on a foundation of sexual sobriety. That that sexual sobriety is just the foundation for recovery. It's not recovery. Okay, um, and that that and that that definitely lines up with my uh, with my personal experience. That um, uh, that if I've still got all the insanity going on in my head. But I'm just not medicating it with uh, sexual acting out, alcohol, drugs, or some other compulsive behavior. Then, uh, then I'm going to go crazy. And when I tried that for about three years uh, back in the early '90s, uh, I got suicidally depressed to the point that I was uh, strongly encouraged to check myself into a psychiatric hospital. Um, and um, and, I, and I and I took that suggestion because the alternative was that they were going to commit me to the state hospital, and uh, and so voluntary commitment seemed uh, seemed infinitely preferable. Um, so that's that's kind of what a sponsor uh, uh, needs to. Need, that, those are the characteristics that I look for uh, in a sponsor, and um, and and. Um, the way that I met my uh, 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 current uh, temporary sponsor, uh, Rick, uh, was that one day um, I was sitting in a meeting um, and Rick sat down next to me because the way he described it, he was feeling particularly good that day and I looked like I wasn't. Uh, that was in, uh, in, in uh, uh, the early part of 1994 and I was probably within 60 or 90 days of being discharged from the hospital. And uh, I wasn't as suicidal as I was when I went in, but I was really depressed. And uh, and Rick just seemed entirely too happy <laughs> for somebody who wasn't who wasn't on some sort of uh, mood altering chemicals or psychotropic medications. And uh, I wanted wanted to find out what it was that he was was using. Uh, and uh, and and he uh, suggested that maybe we should go through the steps. Um, and um, uh, that 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 was uh, that's been over 18 years ago, 
and he's still my temporary sponsor. So um, <laughs> it, it's working so well, I just don't see any reason to change. Um, there's a suggestion in the 12 and 12, and I'm going to use the long form of the uh, of, of Tradition 5, that um, uh, each uh, Sexaholics Anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose, that of carrying its message to the sexaholic who still suffers. Now, it talks about being a spiritual entity, which can be kind of, uh, kind of scary uh, if you haven't had a spiritual uh, uh, awakening. Um, uh, and if you don't have more than one person in a group that's had the spiritual uh, awakening, it's real hard to have a group that's a spiritual entity. And, um, and, and having the spiritual experience is really not that difficult. Um, now, how you do it is, is a secret. And, and we try to keep it hidden from uh, people like alcoholics and sexaholics. And the best way to do that is to print it in the big book and, and, and read it at the beginning of, of every meeting when nobody's listening. Uh, but, but, but here, here uh, they, 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 they make you say it uh, out loud, and eventually if you practice you can say it without thinking about what you're saying. But, but, but this morning before the meeting we said very clearly that having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps... So that's how we have the spiritual awakening, and um, and and so uh, you know that's that's really uh, what the I view my role as a sponsor is to take the new person through the twelve steps of recovery, the way that it's described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, so that so that the, my sponsee can have his own spiritual experience and then he will having had that experience he can practice the prince carry the message to other sexaholics and practice the principles in all his affairs Um, and and uh, uh, the reason that I I suggest that uh, we need to work the steps the way that they're uh, laid out in the big book uh, is because they're not laid out in the white book Okay, they are described in the white book, but but uh, again, I'm on page 77. Uh, when I said this back in the early 90s, this oh, this really got. I mean, people never threw anything at me, but some people wanted to. And 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 then when I read this, it it didn't it didn't calm them down. It only made them more angry. Um, how it works, the practical reality. This title is adapted from Chapter Five of Alcoholics Anonymous, entitled "How It Works." The books. Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, the 12 and 12, constitute the basic text of the original 12-step program. This section of the White Book is not intended to be a comprehensive exposition of the steps. Our aim here is to try to get at the essential purpose of each step or group of steps so they can readily be put into action. So if the white book is, is not going to uh, give you the comprehensive exposition of how to work the steps, where would you go to find out how to work the steps? Again, the way to keep that a secret, write it in the white book and tell them that the books Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps and 12 Traditions constitute the basic texts. And, uh, and so that's why uh, when I, when I um, 
take a, um, a, a sponsee through the uh, 12 steps. Uh, we spend a lot more time in the big book than we do in the white book. Now, uh, those of you who are here can see that this white book of mine has, has seen some serious use. And if you want to come up and look, there's an awful lot of underlying notes in the margins there. Okay? And, 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 and this book tells me how I can apply the principles of the 12 steps so that I can be free from, from the bondage of lust and, um, and, and, uh, and not be compelled to practice my sexual addiction. Uh, but, but the uh, how to work the steps, uh, I go back to the, the big book. Um, so, in, in the reading of how it works, um, it, it, uh, from the, in the white book or the big book, either one, it says, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Um, and um, so the program of recovery is the 12 steps. And if you're not doing the 12 steps, you're not doing the program of recovery. Um, uh, I, uh, I come to, uh, to meetings on a regular basis. Uh, right now I'm attending somewhere between uh, four and six meetings a week, uh, depending on the week, where I am, and so forth. Um, some of them are AA, some are SA. Um, and and uh, so, so I really like meetings. Uh, I like listening to what people have to say in meetings, um, uh, especially when I don't agree with what they say. Uh, that used to not be true, but, but, uh, but, but now I, I want to listen and I want to consider it and decide whether or not I should change what I think or maybe try something different or, or whether, uh, whether, I, uh, whether, whether I think that the, what I just heard has nothing to do with recovery. Um, uh, I've, I've heard people say over and over again, I've never been to a bad meeting. Those people aren't going to enough meetings. <laughs> and um, and, and um, uh, I, uh, when, I, when, I go to a, uh, when I go to a meeting, um, I, uh, I, again, there's the, the, the principle is uh, laid out in our literature. Uh, and it asks whenever I'm going to, to whatever event, am I looking to see what I can take from the event or am I looking to see what I can bring to the event? Um, if I've got a problem, I've got a sponsor. And, and so uh, I take my problems to my sponsor and then my solutions to the meeting. I heard, heard somebody say last week at, at, in Nashville, uh, uh, take your mess to your sponsor, bring the message to the meetings. And I really like that uh, because uh, when I first uh, uh, started getting sober, a lot of the meetings were, were a place where somebody could come up and vomit their emotional mess in the floor and look to everybody else to clean it up. And sometimes everybody was feeling uh, emotionally nauseated that day. And so at the end of the meeting, we had a had an awful lot of vomit on the floor and absolutely no solution. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, I've, I've left some some meetings feeling uh, feeling much more uh, hopeless than I was when I went in. And and I want to offer the, the 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 idea that if we are a spiritual entity, 
then we should be providing a message of recovery to the, every new person who walks through the door. Because if, if they walk in and all they hear is how somebody has been coming to meetings for eight years and they're still white-knuckling and, 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 and screaming at their wives and their kids won't speak to them and on and on it goes, then, then you know I come out about three or four of those meetings and I say, these people don't have a solution. I know how to turn my life to crap. <laughs> you know, I don't need their help to do it. I'm out of here. SA has no solution. And they go out. And they will tell every, they will tell the next dozen people they meet, a fair number of whom will likely be sexaholics, that SA doesn't have any solution. Uh, so you better be careful of what, of the message you're carrying, because, because you may be the only white book that somebody, uh, ever gets a chance to see. And, um, and, and, and I take that responsibility, uh, uh, you know, substantially. Uh, uh, again, in the meeting, I like, I like the story about standing in the, the checkout line um, and, and then practicing the random act of kindness, of, of helping someone um, who, who was in need. Um, and see, that person may or may not know uh, that, 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 the per- that the person who did that is in recovery, okay? But um, but but I I do I do, uh, I do remember um, a friend of mine who's gosh he's been sober probably, he's closed in on fifty years now, uh, but but he was uh, he was at a uh, at, at one of the the conventions where a few hundred AA show up and kind of take over a hotel and all the restaurants around and. Um, and one of the people from the uh, meeting was just, act, you know, acting like a jerk and, and and being abusive to the service staff and so forth. And uh, there were some people at another table over. This was their first meeting, and in their mind, that's what uh, that's what AA recovery looks like. Um, so you never know when they're watching. And the other thing I like to tell my 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 uh, uh, sponsees uh, is that your it, it, your sponsees may not seem to listen to what you're saying, but they are always watching what you're doing. So that's that's a, that might be a if that's not a sobering thought, maybe maybe you're just not ready to get sober yet. Um. So this thing about uh, sponsorship, um. One of the things that I, uh, I, I, I heard that I like is sponsor is a sober person offering the newcomer suggestions on recovery. And, um, and, and, uh, it talks about the importance that I'm not going to be speaking down from some spiritual hilltop. So how did this, uh, tradition of, uh, sponsorship get started? Well, we read in Bill's story that his schoolmate, whose name was Abby, um, showed up one day when Bill was at the end of his drinking and carried the message and said that he came to offer what he had if I was interested. And Bill says I had to be because I was hopeless. Okay, so um, I don't go find somebody whose life is working real well and say, "Have I got a, a solution for you?" Okay, um, uh, it it really helps. Uh, they're 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 more likely to do what I suggest if they're truly desperate. Um, my uh, my my uh, 
uh, Rick had a sponsor some years ago who has since moved to California, and he and Rick has a new sponsor in Nashville. But his his sponsor Richard, I remember we were having dinner one night, and Richard told me he said uh, uh, he said Billy, uh, do not stop drinking until you absolutely have to, and for, do not turn to God until there's nowhere else to go. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is just Richard being Richard. But he explained this to me. He said, as long as you think that 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 your that your addiction, whether it be alcoholism, lust, drugs, whatever, as long as you think that's still got a solution for you, at some point you're going to have to go back and try it. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, until you get to the point where there's no more giggles left in the bottle. Then, then don't come in and sit down in a meeting and say you want to get sober. Because if it's still fun, you're going to want to go back to it sooner or later. The other point he was making about don't turn to God till there's nowhere else to go is that, that, that most people who have never worked the steps are really scared of working the steps. Um, it looks like the steps are, are there to cause us a lot of pain and to punish us for all the things that, that we've done in the past. When in fact, um, having, having been, and that's how, it's, that's how it looked to me too. But in fact, now having worked the steps, I understand that, that if I'm disturbed, uh, the first thing for me to do is to see what, what's the problem with me. That's self-assessment. To, if I if I if if the answer is not if the answer and the solution is not clear to me, call somebody. And if, if the good news for me is if Rick's not available, I, I looked at it the other day talking with somebody. I got 17 recovered men in SA on uh, on, on, on in my uh, iPhone, and and another uh, 30-something in AA. So if I would need somebody that can share a 12-step recover, uh, recovery solution. Uh, uh, when I'm in, in trouble and Rick's not available, and I got no excuse. Uh, so, so the point is that that I do. I now understand how how the steps and and the relationship with God is really my solution. It doesn't look that way at the beginning, and most people are not going to be willing to do the work unless. They are convinced that they don't have any alternative. One of my favorite uh, uh, third step prayers that I've ever heard of uh, was from a really low bottom uh, uh, alcoholic. Um, and after he'd been dry for a couple of years and things weren't going well, and he and, and somebody said he really needed to, to calm down and work the steps, and he was just really upset, and he went home, and he was crying and cursing and kicking stuff and finally in absolute desperation he turned around looked up at the ceiling and said okay that's it I'm going to do the damn steps but if you're not there and willing to help me I am screwed now that's the third step (laughs) okay okay I'm going to do whatever you want and if you're not going to take good care of me I've got nowhere else to go okay um, so with that with that being said, you know, that's uh that really and truly that's the point at which most that's where I I was when I was ready to work the steps with Rick and um uh, and and that's where where I find people are most ready.
Now, um, uh, Bill describes uh, in in the uh, forward to the second edition that when he was in in Akron and his business deal had had come apart, and he was uh, uh, he was uh, stuck in a uh, town all by himself. Uh, he was uh, greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. See, until you have a sponsee, uh, and, and I'll tell you what's really cool, is when you've got a sponsee who has a sponsee, it, that, I mean, it, it just transforms everything. But until you have a sponsee, or let me rephrase, until you've worked the steps yourself and start carrying that message to another person, um, you will not understand the truth that 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 I receive much more from my sponsees than they do from me. Um, and and I like to uh, I like to 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 blame it on God. Um, if you go play in a casino in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, one thing you can be absolutely uh, 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 clear on, the house wins. Okay, um, That's how they pay the, the light bills and for the, all those free drinks they bring you while you're gambling and so forth. The house wins. Uh, in God's casino, everybody wins. Okay, and and um, the rule seems to be that whatever it is I put out into God's creation is what comes back to me, and and I've tested this hypothesis for forty years. I put out fear, suspicion, anger, rage, jealousy, and so forth. And guess what? I got a lot of back in my life. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many people there were out there who did not like me and meant me harm. I'm serious. Some of them truly meant me harm. Uh, and and then uh, uh, you know when I when I got into recovery and started uh, uh, following the principles that were laid out in the book and and explained to me by uh, Rick um, and started taking the actions of love to improve my relations with others, uh, you have no idea how much love I have in my life today. Um, but but uh, the the. We have a guy, a fella in my um, AA home group, um, who can who who is about to celebrate uh, four years. Um, four four years ago, he he came in after uh, after being out on a three year drunk that that started at a time when he had twenty five years of, of sobriety. And uh, and and so when he came back in and was willing to share his experience, I was taking notes because I'm not yet sober 25 years. My sponsor was at the time was just celebrating 25 years, and 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 he had Rick's undivided attention. But what he did was he 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 quit taking on new sponsees and he quit taking the phone calls to the sponsees he had. And then he had to quit going to meetings because he didn't want to run into somebody whose phone call he hadn't taken. And um, and there, then and and I've heard this. See, if that only heard this story once, I'd said, ah, you know. But here it was, you know. And and there, I, I saw this, it was a great article. Of, uh, I think it might have been from the Grapevine about unworking the steps. We unwork the steps in the reverse order of how you work them. 
Mm-hmm. So once you're no longer practicing the 12th step, then you, then then pretty soon, uh, instead of uh, time for prayer and meditation, you might you might say, uh, say a brief prayer on your way out the door. Uh, but that doesn't really seem to have any benefit. So you just put that all together, and pretty soon uh, you're you're way too busy with all the stuff coming your way to to worry about uh, continuing to take personal inventory. And besides, it's all those other people anyway. <laughs> and uh, and and so 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 now you don't have to worry about making amends to anyone. And uh, and everybody else's defects of character are so much more glaring than your own, uh, and you're not talking to anyone about the exact nature of your wrongs. So pretty soon you're 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 back to the point where it's time to take your will in your life, uh, the care of your will in your life, back from the care of God, uh, because He clearly isn't doing doing things right for you, and and now it's okay for you to drink. You're not powerless anymore. And I'm sitting there, I'm reading that, and every bit of what I just said makes perfect sense to me, and that scares the hell out of me. If that if, if that doesn't scare you, you might not need to be here. But I understand that kind of thinking. So 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 this, it's it's this idea that sponsorship is what allows me to uh, uh, to to. To remain not just dry or or sober, but to remain recovered. Um, and and Bill tells later in his story, right after the reading from before, that um, um, uh, many that that um, uh, that that he was uh, plagued by for for year uh, years after he quit drinking. In the early days, he was plagued by ways of self pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Um, uh, if you've never had the uh, the, the the privilege of taking a, a, a meeting into a treatment center or better still, into a correctional facility, you have no idea what you're meeting, of what you're missing. Okay? Um, I want to tell you, um, I, I know that I'm in an SA meeting, but, uh, but, but uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed to enhance my uh, sexual acting out was... Uh, High-grade cocaine, and I got to tell you that that hits you like like a like a sledgehammer. Um, but I got to tell you, sitting in in a locked up in a correctional facility uh, with me and and uh, uh, eleven of my friends and uh, and sixty uh, inmates. Some of whom actually want to recover, and some of whom just want to uh, want want to have their nose counted in that uh, jail, in that room for the for the next parole hearing. Which, if you think that's a lot like most meetings you attend, okay? <laughs> some some of the guys are here. I don't know about this meeting, but some of the guys come to the meetings I attend just so that they can tell their wife where they've been. They have no intention of getting sober. Okay. So, so you know, and and I got to tell you, that was a high 
that lasted all day long and well into the next day. And and this was on a Saturday. Well, the next Sunday, uh, about five of the guys I was in the jail with were at my home group meeting. And um, as soon as I see them, it's kind of like I, I, I got to re-experience that. And, um, and, and we're going back in two weeks. Okay? And I know that's... We're going back a week from to, a week from today. I'll be in jail. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he goes on to say, Bill in his story says, "I've seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities." Here I am, guys. Okay. Asylum, nut house, hospital for the the mentally ill. That's where I was. And I came out and resumed a vital place in the lives of my family and in my uh, in my uh, community. So um, when I when I start when I when I when I started on this journey, uh, I, and I got through um, basically uh, step seven and was working on eight and nine and. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get into the details, but it suggests in the book that if I'm working steps 8 and 9, I should be doing 10 and 11 as I'm cleaning up the, the wreckage of the past. So, you know, I, I, I did my fifth step. Rick and I went to a meeting. I, I was feeling much better after the fifth step. Um, the next day I go back to his house. We're going to wrap up six. He sends me home to do the what it says, a quiet place for an hour and so forth. Next day I go over, we're going to wrap up 6 and 7, and I, I think that I'm, I'm going to do that, and, and maybe he's going to have me start listing my amends, and, and before I know it, he's got me on 10 and 11 as I'm doing 8 and 9. It's too much homework. <laughs> um, and and uh, and then uh, the the next time we got together, he, he, he uh, and I'd, I'd uh, and I, I made I made uh, my first uh, two big amends, one of which was to my now former wife. And so within a week of that, um, he said, uh, "So, when are you going to start telling people about the work you and I've been doing?" And uh, who me? I mean, I haven't been out of the psychiatric hospital six months, and he's he's suggesting that maybe I should be. That maybe I should be sponsoring something, um, and and uh, that was kind of a shock to me. Um, but I said, "Well, okay." He said, "So, so uh, whenever a newcomer shows up, don't go over and say I'm your new sponsor. Ask him if he'd like a cup of coffee. Have him sit down. Show him where the restroom is." You know, just basic, simple stuff like that. Uh, listen to a story, and ask him if he if he's uh, if if he's if he's uh, interested in. After the meeting, when he's heard the twelve steps a couple of times, ask him if he's willing to go to any lengths, and would he like to work the steps? Um, that would have probably been June of uh, nineteen ninety four. I'm guessing. And it could have been May. I'm a little fuzzy. I wasn't 
doing real well then. But uh, I was doing much better than I was the previous year, but I still was sick. But but somewhere in there, uh, and, and then, uh, but what I do remember is that on my birthday, uh, which is in October that year, uh, I had four sponsees. Now, I'd been coming to meetings for years before that, not a single sponsee, because, you know, when when you look at somebody with suicidal depression, no, nobody nobody wants what that guy has. Okay, but something something had something about me had had changed as a result of going through the steps that I I couldn't. I, I first of all I wasn't sure that it really changed, but everybody else knew. Okay, and. Um, so, so it, it uh, so it talks about uh, that that um, the uh, the the people who uh, who when we uh, when we go to uh, to talk with uh, someone that uh, most people have difficulty connecting with the alcoholic from the big book, but the sexaholic in particular, okay. Uh, and, and strangely enough, wise parents and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than does a psychiatrist or a doctor. But, and this is in italics, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, the solution in the book, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another sexaholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. So, how do I become properly armed with the facts about myself? How about a a searching and fearless moral inventory? How about sitting down and sharing what I discovered in my inventory with another recovered person who has done this before and and listening to, to his feedback which which helps helps me see the not just the the exact nature of my wrongs but see the whole patterns of that. That's how I become armed with the facts about myself. Now in step six, you become armed uh, armed with another uh, uh, fact about yourself. Six and seven, and that is that you've got all these defects of character and you can't do a darn thing to get rid of them. And the only, I promise you, the only reason that I humbly asked God to remove my, uh, uh, my shortcomings was because I couldn't do it on my own. Okay? And, and I've seen the terrible destructiveness and realized that if, if I didn't find some freedom, that I'd be, I'd, well, in fact, I was pretty clear. I wasn't going back to the psychiatric hospital. I was going to go ahead and complete the suicide. That was just it. Kind of like if this doesn't work, there's no, you know, I'm out of here. Um, it worked, and I'm sitting here. I also want to make a point that within two weeks after I did my fifth step with Rick, um, I was I was talking with somebody, and I realized that I was not suicidally depressed anymore. I realized that that while I could could conceive of putting the gun back in my mouth, it was not something that I would actually do. Kind of like I could think about uh, uh, going one-on-one uh, against Kobe Bryant, but it's not really going to happen, okay? Uh, and, and it was kind of like, oh, well. Now, I don't know what day it went away. It could have been right after I finished. It might have been a day later. I don't know. But it was it, uh, shortly after I realized, that's different. 
So, so the the before I suggest that I should go out and start sponsoring someone, I think it would be real good if I go ahead and work the steps. Now, um, I would I have I, I got to tell you I I've never heard another. Uh, meeting where they read that section of Bill's story at the meeting, and I think it's great. Okay, now does anybody know the context in which Bill was was doing uh, the, the 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 work of of the steps uh, that we read at the meeting? Uh, because because I I'm gonna um, I'm gonna uh, uh, fill it in here. It's on page uh, 13, and it says. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. There I humbly offered myself to God as I, as I then understood him to do with me as he would. So, here's a guy who's, who's, who's in the hospital detoxing on the verge of delirium tremens, and he's working the steps. So I always encourage my sponsees that they should not be in too big a hurry to get into the steps. You don't want to rush these things, and so so don't do it any quicker than Bill Wilson did. <laughs> Remember, this guy died sober. Okay, uh, uh, so so you know, I I, I I I tend to like the idea that. Uh, that um, that if it works, maybe maybe it's something that I uh, that I ought to ought to stick with. And then he goes on through the rest of the steps. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, uh, by the by the way, uh, I, I know that Robert has has moved over to the Carolinas, uh, but um, I'm, I met uh, uh, Robert uh, at the uh, uh, Atlanta uh, convention back in 2001. Uh, he was he was the uh, uh, I think the dinner speaker. But I remember uh, that as soon as he started uh, speaking, uh, I was sitting there thinking uh, thinking, uh, uh, damn, I, there's nothing left for me to say, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Robert and I uh, uh, have a pretty good uh, uh, mutual admiration relationship going on. And um, I had never heard of taking people through uh, the steps at the rate of one step a week until I heard Robert talk about that. And uh, and and I think I, it's one of those where if that's how you do it and it works, and see, I now I know sponsees of Roberts who have sponsees, uh, so it works, and. Uh, and and so if that's if that's the the method, but uh, but I, I just want to offer that that if you hang around uh, and go to enough meetings, you're going to hear some some real interesting BS in uh, in 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 re- in recovery meetings. Uh, BS is bad suggestions. Okay, <laughs> and a lot of this came from from uh, from. Uh, people who have no real experience with recovery, and um, and and um, and it may have been something so, uh, that somebody who's been sober for 90 days and became a, a, a counselor at a treatment center, or what somebody in a treatment center 
uh, who had been who's been sober for for less than two weeks thinks he heard somebody at the treatment center say, and he repeats it, you know, and and somehow it gets repeated again. Uh, but the idea of um, um, you know. Don't be in too big a hurry to work the steps, and uh, you got to be sober at least 30 days before you write your fourth step, or you got to be sober at least fill in the blank six months. Uh, when it was time for me to write my fourth step, it was time for me to write my fourth step, uh, and 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 the the reality was that I was either going to to get through the steps and have the spiritual experience before I put the gun back in my mouth, or I was going to die. And um, and and uh, <clears throat> uh, Rick, at the time, was working as a consultant, and had had he had plenty of time. Uh, I had a job, uh, for which I'm very grateful. Uh, but I had a, I had I had no no uh, uh, wife, family, or friends to speak of at this point. So I had plenty of time to to work on this, and I got busy with it. So. The idea of doing one step a month, or don't do your fourth step or until you've been this sober, or don't start your first step until it's kind of like no. Uh, the the question is, if you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So I just want to ask the question: Do you want the recovery that we have, and are you willing to do the work to get it? And if the answer is yes, then you're ready to take the steps, and we're going to get busy on it. And I don't care whether you're, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've, I've never caught anybody in uh, the, the hospital. Uh, but I will tell a story about a guy who uh, uh, went to uh, SA in Chicago and then uh, just, and, and thought because his wife had caught him acting out uh, on the computer. And uh, he went to a few meetings, decided that uh, it was good to know about SA, and if things ever got bad enough, he'd come back. And he didn't come back, moved to Knoxville, which is where I met him. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I met him at the Monday night meeting. And at the Monday night meeting, uh, he, he told how he had moved his family from Chicago to Knoxville so that he could take a position with a company there locally. It was a good position. And uh, his wife had left, um, had left a, a job in, in Chicago television, uh, in, in a, with a very big syndicated show and, um, and had, and had come to work at a, for those who don't know it, Home and Gardens TV originates in Knoxville. So she'd gone to work with them. And, uh, that particular morning, He'd gone in uh, to work and was told to go to the CEO's office. And he walked in, and there's the CEO, director of HR, and the, the IT guy with the printouts of all the places he's been on the company servers. Uh, he was he was he was uh, uh, out. Uh, they told him uh, the name of the outplacement person that he could contact uh, to, to meet with the next day, and they walked him off the premises. And uh, he called his wife, who had not yet gone into work, and she was getting ready to leave their uh, house. And she told him that he needed to come straight home, get 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 all of his stuff out of the house, and and be out of the house before the daughters his daughters got home. And that if the housekeeper told her that he had had not gotten out before their daughters got home, she was taking their daughters going back home to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana 
where she comes from a fairly well-connected family. She would divorce him in the courts in New Orleans, and he would never see his daughter without court-appointed supervision again. His choice. And so now I, he, that was where he was. And I said, so now is it bad enough for you to come back to SA? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And and uh, and I said, well, whenever you're ready to recover from this this condition, I'll be happy to show you what I did. And he said, I'm ready. And I, now this is this is where I this is where I overlooked the obvious. So I told him to read what I always tell, ask people to read, and we would talk. Call me when he had it done. Done. I forgot he no longer has a job. He's living in an extended stay hotel. Scott didn't have anything to do except get sober and meet with a outplacement uh, advisor a couple hours a day. I mean, this guy drug my butt through the steps faster than I've ever been. But the point is that here he is. He's still in detox and shock. And within 30 days, he's making his first amends. And the first amends he made was to his mother-in-law. And the only reason it was his mother-in-law and not his wife was because his mother-in-law was visiting from New Orleans. And not knowing what was going to happen with his marriage, he didn't know when he would next have an opportunity to make amends to her. And he made his amends. His marriage survived and he found another job and... The rest is, you know, there it is. So, um, he didn't work the steps too fast. So, whatever whatever you think. Um, there, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go through each, uh, how to work each of the steps in, in, uh, in detail, uh, because, um, uh, there, there, there's, there's ample literature for that. Um, but I will offer that um, between the, the the big book, the white book, and the 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 conference approved step into action series, uh, the directions on how to work the steps are very clear. And that's, by the way, that is 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 about as close to precisely the way that I take my sponsees through as can be reduced to writing. Okay. And um, and uh, not everybody not everybody's willing to do the work. I have people who who uh, uh, quit halfway through their fourth step. I have people who who won't make an amends or whatever. Uh, it generally doesn't work real well for them. Um, uh, if you if you if you've ever had a man you sponsor commit suicide, you will not forget it. And uh, and I have. Uh, uh, but but I still claim 100% success in sponsorship because I'm still sober. And uh, and the guy who killed himself, um, he um, he got a new job. He actually moved uh, from where he lived to a place that was closer to where I lived than where he had started out. But his new job was really important, and he didn't have time for recovery. And he lost the job. He, he lost his sobriety. And then he, when he found out that he couldn't get sober again, he ended up hanging himself. And and I understand that. I mean, I understand that as probably a lot of people in this room don't understand it. But um, but but it, I, that's 
That's why I say this is a fatal disease. You may not believe that it's a fatal disease. And you may not believe that your disease will kill you. And you could be right. Um, but, but uh, 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 you know, the, the, the guy I told, that I told the story that showed up at that Monday night meeting, he was pretty low. Okay? I don't know what would have happened to him if he had come to a meeting where he heard a lot of people vomiting up their problems and no solution. Because, because that guy was ready for a solution then. And, uh, and I was in desperate need of somebody who was willing to work the steps. I was fairly new to Knoxville and the, the, there, there were, there were, there were two other guys who had sponsors who were working the steps and there were a bunch of other guys who didn't have sponsors and had no intention of working the steps. And, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't corral them to be sponsored, so this guy showed up as an answer to my prayers. <laughs> Hell, I was, I was getting ready to start driving back to Nashville on weekends. You start pulling people out of meetings, you know. Uh, you do what you got to do. Um, but, but, um, but I, I like to say, I try to, I try to get folks, get folks through the steps. Um, I, I, I don't, I can't make anyone do what they're not willing to do. I can only share my experience of what's worked for me. Um, I, uh, somebody uh, 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 here was was showing me uh, his sponsorship lineage, um, and and I'm in that lineage. Uh, and and we were looking at from from my grand sponsor all the way down to him through his sponsor and grand sponsor and so forth. And and I looked at it. Said, there's over a hundred, not counting what you've got. There's over 110 years of recovery in that lineage. Okay. Um, I celebrated uh, 22 years in AA um, this past spring, and Rick gave me the chip that Tom gave Rick when Rick had 22 years. And so that 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 uh, celebrate that that chip represents uh, over 90 years of recovery. Now, only 22 of those years are mine. But see, that's the point. If, 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 if my recovery is dependent on what I know and exclusively on my experience, then I'm in deep trouble because if I can only rely on the experience that I've already had and the next time I have a new uh, a, a new situation uh, that with which I have no experience, and, and then I'm screwed. But as long as I as long as I have the freedom to to, to of, of looking to see what is the experience of of not only the the men in my my sponsorship lineage, but the the recovered men in you know in who with whom I sit in meetings, then. Uh, there's probably really nothing going to come my way. If I have a unique experience, I'm going to write a book on it. (laughs) Most likely, most likely, uh, when I, when I tell, you know, when I share my unique experience with some, somebody in, you know, in a meeting, there's going to be three guys come up and say, let me tell you what I did when I, when that happened. So, so that's really, so I want to share that experience. I want to help them get through the steps. Um, uh, the approach I take is that, and it depends. Uh, I have I sponsor men who don't live 
uh, in Nashville as well as some who, who do. So uh, if somebody comes from out of town and we've got a long weekend that we're going to do the work, uh, uh, and I have, by the way, I have one guy show up with five thick spiral notebooks for their fourth step. Yeah. He says, we're not going to have time to get through this. I said, look, you did the work. You let me worry about how we're going to get through the fifth step. Not my first rodeo. And he, oh, I mean, he's really worried about this. Anyway, we're in about, we got through his, his, his mother, his, his father, and son. And I mean, you know, this is like Saturday morning, and we're just barely getting through his immediate family, you know. He says, we're not going to have time. I said, don't worry. So then we're getting to about the, the after, in the afternoon, you know, we stop, get by, and we're, we're going to start going through, you know, from the guys from, from school and the co-workers and all this, and we get through about 15 of those. This takes like, I don't know, maybe an hour or two. It's not very long. Because now he's beginning to start, they're, they're rolling through. And all of a sudden, in mid-sentence, he stops, and he, he says, he says, there's not a damn thing in any of those other books that's different from what I've said the last five times. I said, good. I told you we'd get through it. <laughs> and um, and and so because what we're really trying to do is I don't need, I don't my, the fist steps aren't about every disgusting thing you've ever did, everybody you've been angry at. It's it's what is the exact nature of your wrongs. What are the things that keep turning your life to crap? In spite of your absolute best efforts to manage, and 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 what 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 would where would you need God's help if your life's going to going to have any hope whatsoever of uh, of uh, of getting better? And that's step six and seven. Okay, that's step five. Once he's identified it, six and seven. Are you willing to have God remove the stuff? If there's something you're afraid to let go of, I got to tell you, I was afraid to let go of anger because I was still in a, a hostile world surrounded by evil people who meant me meant me bad, and I knew that if I gave up anger, they would kill me and they would eat me. And the only question was Worcestershire or ketchup. Okay? And I was afraid to give up anger. Uh, and notice I said afraid. And and see, fear is the underlying defect that I've got. Uh, but I, I asked God to help me be willing to give up the, the anger. And and then and then I, I, I did the prayer. And the next day was when we started on 8 and 9. But if it's somebody who's in from out of town, um, depending on when we finish with five, six, and seven, because remember, after five they take an hour. They don't they don't go home, because they're not going to get on a plane, go home, and then come back. So they they go to a quiet place. They read the book. They answer the questions that the book says they do. An hour later, are they ready? Yes, they are. We get down. We get down on our knees. We do the seven step prayer. Uh, uh, I've I've never had anybody who's religious. Tradition said, "No, I can't get on my knees to pray." If if I ever come across that, that's okay. It does, doesn't matter. Okay, uh, the original manuscript says, "Humbly on our knees," but the big book says, "Just humbly ask and find." We'll do it. Um, and then then they do it, and then we get. Uh, it talks about uh, we 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 looked at the we we uh, have the list of people we harm. We made it when we took inventory. More of this BS from from uh, treatment centers. As soon as you finish your fifth step, burn your fourth step. 
Well, but that's the list of people that I harm. <laughs> I could burn it after my ninth step if I want. Uh, although with greenhouse gases, maybe you should just shred it. You know, but whatever. Uh, but 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 we still got use for this thing. Um, the other is when you the guy with the five things is like. What about my men's? I said, well, first of all, uh, we looked at the ones we've done. I said, do you see that, that all this is is that, you're, that your only harm you've done these people is that you've had bad feelings towards you really haven't done any harm? I said, yeah. Well, the amends for that is you start praying for them. I said, you've got, I picked up, I said, don't. I said, you've got great opportunity for prayer that will last you through the rest of your recovery. And he laughed. Yeah, he laughed because he could see it. There's a very few number of people we've really harmed. Now, there, there are some, and I'm not minimizing, but we've got to look at what's the nature of the harm. So I get them started on that, but then I show them this idea that it's time to start steps 10, 11, uh, just as it suggests in the, uh, the big book. Uh, and 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 that's that's on page uh, 84, um, right after the the promises. Now the promises that we tend to read at meetings are the ones that follow that follow the ninth step. But today, as we were reading from page 75 of the big book, as 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 quoted in the white book, it says uh, uh, that that when we uh, when we pocket our pride and go to it. Withholding nothing, uh, we are, you know, we are delighted. And, and, there, and on page seventy-five, of the big book are the promises that follow the fifth step. Page sixty-three is the third step promises. There's promises all through this book, and I, I want to get to, um, to 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 step ten uh, because this is this is one that's really kind of impressive, I think. Um, on the on the front page of Alcoholics Anonymous it says Alcoholics Anonymous the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism, and then uh, in the uh, uh, in the forward of the first edition the first sentence says we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. They're not recovering; they have recovered. So. Uh, in step in 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 step ten on page eighty four it says uh, it talks about how we we have to continue to grow in in uh, understandingness and effectiveness and continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty resentment and fear those sound familiar from somewhere um, and and um, and then it says uh, love and tolerance of others I code. The next, at the very bottom, eighty four, and and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even lust. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in lust. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward lust has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is how, that is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Um, I would suggest that, um, that if sanity's returned, and I'm not interested in lust, and when tempted, I recoil as if from a hot flame. Um, that, um, that 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 and that that 
And, and by the way, it says that this is happening without any effort on our part. Really, it's, the effort is doing the steps. See, we're not, the, and none of the steps say this is how we fight off lust or fight off alcohol. It, it talks about getting closer to God and letting Him do the work. Okay? Then it goes on to say it's easy to let up on, on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for lust is a subtle foe. We are not cured of sexaholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So, um, uh, and I'm no longer obsessed with lust. When I've had the, 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 the vital spiritual experience, or as the Dr. Silkworth says, the psychic change sufficient to overcome alcoholism, when that's happened, then I've recovered from that hopeless condition of mind and body. But I'm not cured. I've got a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. The guy I told you about who, who went back out after 25 years, all I have to do to prove that I'm not cured is quit maintaining my spiritual condition and pay attention to the results. And if I survive, report them to somebody who might be contemplating that kind of insanity themselves. Okay? Uh, and that's a wonderful place to be. Uh, and then, then uh, 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 step eleven is, uh, is is well covered. Now, early on, when when somebody decides that they want to get sober, the problem is it's hard to you you can't work the steps without having the foundation of sexual sobriety. Lord, you got to stop acting out. Well, if I could stop acting out on my own power, I wouldn't come to SA. That's a catch twenty two. So, um, and, and in AA, we like to joke that Al-Anons are the only ones who get to drink while they work the steps. <laughs> so, 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 what I what I do with someone who's just getting started is um, in the chapter people refer to as the 18 wheeler, overcoming lust and temptation, and um, and and I have been through that. I think enough times with enough sponsees that I now have every prayer in that section highlighted. And then what I do is I write the prayer down on a 3 by 5 index card. I get it laminated uh, so that that it'll hold up and I carry it with me all the time. Okay? Now, this is is not my fear, this is not my uh, uh, prayer card uh, this is my fear card, which comes out of step four. And if somebody's interested, I'll share that. My point is, I, 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 I tell my sponsees, I don't ask you to do anything I haven't already done. Okay? Uh, I don't carry the prayers with me anymore for one simple reason. When you've said them a thousand times, you'll learn them. Okay? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I visited Israel recently and, and someone was asking me and I told them that yes, there was a, a, a situation in which uh, a number of, um, of soldiers got on a bus that I was riding. And in Israel, about half the armed forces are women. And some of those young, you know, fit women are, are very pretty. And what I realized in just a couple of seconds, I realized that that I'm not just looking at the uh, the uniforms. Uh, now I'm starting to, to to lust after body parts. It's time to stop this. So what did I do? God, I'm powerless over this. Please remove it. 
whatever it is I'm looking for uh, in in these people or in the fantasy, please let me find it in you. God bless these people who are defending their country and make them a blessing in the lives of their families and for their their country. Now, those of you who've been through the the chapter know that er, I did, there's not an original thought in what I said. Okay, I don't like original thoughts. Original thoughts are what got me into that nut house. Okay, I like to go with what works. So again, I I say the prayers. And 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 this is a, may seem like a, a fine distinction, but I think that Roy intended it this way. I haven't gotten a chance to talk with Roy, but we have Harvey who talked with Roy quite a bit, and he and I have had this conversation. This is why it says overcoming lust and temptation. If I can, as, as soon as I realize that I'm being tempted to lust, and I can can respond with prayer and getting God into it, then the lust doesn't get a chance to get started. Once I allow it to progress to the point of lust, then I'm I, then I'm on 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 thin ice. And the longer I, the more momentum I allow that lust to gain, at some point it's going to over it's going to overwhelm me. I would say that ninety five percent of the time, when I find a problem, it responds to the prayer. Then another, you know. Four percent or four point nine percent responds to to the prayer and and making a phone call. Okay, sometimes I have to stay on the phone for a while, but I like something Harvey said that I heard years ago, and I it's, I found it to be true that if I'm serious about it, I can pray for about thirty seconds longer than I can lust, and if I will continue with the prayers, I find the lust goes away. But when I'm doing this, the power is from God. Okay, I'm not saying the prayers is a superstitious babble mumbo jumbo. This is about praying and asking God to uh, to come into my life, and and by doing that, uh, then I could early on I could I could stay sober long enough to start working the steps to start having the spiritual experience. So that it, so that now uh, it's no longer a daily struggle. I don't wake up in the mornings thinking about how am I not going to act out today or how am I going to act out today. That problem's been removed. So that's pretty much the prepared remarks. Uh, we still have some time if people want to uh, ask any questions. And um, if you are do want to ask a question, please come up so that we can get it recorded or I can repeat it. I'm new as a temporary sponsor and I don't have my first sponsee yet, but my question to you is, uh, in in working all the steps, what I've learned about myself is that I um, uh, I tend to um, take on other people's um, troubles. and have had a, a propensity in the past to try to make them my own. Um, and, and, and there's a term called a clinical um, distance or attorney-client privilege, mm-hmm. um, if you want, if you will. And, and my, my question to you is, uh, what's your advice uh, to me on um, how uh, to prevent that from happening to me as a new uh, temporary sponsor? 
Okay. Um, well, the, 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 a couple things. First of all, um, uh, if, if I am focused on getting somebody through the steps, um, their problems are really not my responsibility. Uh, God's gonna, God's gonna solve their problems or, or, or not. And, and so far, I've never seen God fail to show up and deliver. Okay. Uh, so, so what I'm, what I try to focus on is where are you in your step work? Now that's when we're, for, that's when we're going through for the first time. Because, uh, I would say over 90% of, the, of the, the crisis du jour goes away as a result of getting through the steps and, and getting the fourth and fifth step done and getting busy about making amends. Now, after somebody has done that and they're dealing with, uh, with other problems, uh, my you know, now that I'm sober, my wife uh, will. When my wife has an, an outburst, uh, instead of being able to, to numb it with alcohol, drugs, lust, whatever, now I have to experience. Uh, what do I do? And 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 I'll I'll offer this proposition, uh, and you can you can uh, test it for yourself. Um, uh, Rick and I are, are of the belief that there's two and only two motives for any action that any of us take. One is love, which originates with God. And the other is fear, which originates from self. So it's either God-centered love or self-centered fear. So when usually when my sponsees call up uh, with, with some sort of a problem, what I want to do, and what I want them to do, is identify what is it they're afraid of. What's the fear? I can't do that for them. I may know perfectly well what they're afraid of, but if I tell them what they're afraid of, then they then we got a, a basis for an argument. When they tell me what they're afraid of, they've owned it. And what I help them do is 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 learn more and more, which is what I've been doing for the last uh, 18 years, finding more and more of the areas where I have fear bringing God's love into that situation. So there's less room for fear, uh, more room for love, and, and the, 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 you know, and this, this is one of those, those situations which, which really and truly begins to feed on itself. It's, it, I believe that, that, that recovery can be just as progressive as addiction. Okay? That, that, that at this point, Again, I woke up this morning. I wasn't thinking about how am I not going to drink, drug, or act out today. I was I was thinking about what am I going to be taking to the meeting today, and 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 today I got up. I did my my prayers. I and and I'd like to tell you that I meditate every day. I don't. Today I did. Okay. Uh, I, I I do I do meditate uh, uh, regularly, just not every day. Uh, and and so, as I but as I start learning how to to move more and more love into this situation and less and less fear, then I'm not trying to solve somebody else's problem. I'm just trying to find. It's so trite, you know. What's the fear and where is the love? But it really and truly, if I if I do that, then then it solves pretty much every problem. Uh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm
Thank you for coming, um, Brian, sexaholic. I just have a, a question about the um, the encouragement, the suggestion to keep shares uh, in the group meetings um, strictly on uh, a message of recovery and, um, I guess, positive. And it, can that not be dangerous if it's not, <clears throat> if it doesn't become a place to self-edit? Um, in other words, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Isn't it just as important to come and just be honest about where you're at, wherever that is? Uh, I heard you say you encourage sponsees to bring that to the sponsor. Um, and not the meeting, and just just interested if you have any thoughts on that, or in other words, if the meeting becomes a place where it becomes more about reputation, or you know, I can't say anything unless it's it's this way. Well, um, I, I think that that first first of all, uh, I heard a. Uh, a radical statement from a guy who uh, had been a uh, World Service delegate for uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and since he's been sober for like four decades, I thought I'd listen to what he said. And it, and his comment was, "There's no sponsor, There's no problem facing Alcoholics Anonymous today that wouldn't be solved by good sponsorship." And I thought, I, I, so immediately I'm looking at. There's an argument here. Okay, he made a statement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out the exception. I'm, I'm still looking. It's been five years ago, and I'm still looking. But I'll find it. <laughs> and what I'm trying to do is, is at, when I heard that, I, I immediately applied it to our fellowship of Sexaholics Anonymous. And I think that one of the difficulties that we have uh, as a fellowship, and and I'm I, and I want to be real clear. I'm not talking about as the Atlanta Fellowship or as the Nashville Fellowship or pick any any other local. But I'm saying in general is that that in the old in the early days of AA, they were going out and finding people in hospital beds and bringing the message to them. So by the time the guy got to his first meeting, he already had and, and generally it wasn't a sponsor; he had two sponsors, co-sponsors, because they'd go out and do it in twos. And um, frequently, by the time the guy got to, because they were only having like maybe one meeting a week. So it was not uncommon by the time the guy got, you know, because if they, if, they, if they met him on Wednesday and the, the meeting was last night on Tuesday, uh, it's not like, okay, now you're going to have to sit here in this misery until next Tuesday we'll take you to a meeting and then you can get started. They got started on going through the work promptly. So maybe the guy shows up at the uh, first meeting and he's halfway through his, into his fourth step. Um, but but today we I mean I, and I'm not going to try to embarrass anybody but but uh, but but you can ask the question uh, in a meeting how many people uh, in this meeting have a sponsor and lots of hands will go up how many people in this meeting have done a fifth step with your sponsor and not so many hands will go up. Um, I was pretty sure that when I finished my fist somewhere, or maybe even before I finished my fist up with Rick, that he would say, okay, that's it, I've heard enough, get out of here. <laughs> All right? 
but 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 that wasn't the experience at all. And this is what it talks about in the white book and in the big book. The idea this is the beginning of the end of isolation. And once Rick and I had done my fifth step, then I was no longer there wasn't it's kinda of like I just didn't have to there weren't any more secrets that I had to keep. And so so uh as a result, when I have a problem, I don't take my problems to meetings. I call. If Rick's not available, as I said, there's a lot of other men who've recovered. But but if we if we don't have that strong uh uh, tradition of sponsorship, and we don't have people who are who are willing to do that. Uh, 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 I was I was in a, a in a meeting uh, when where someone started off about uh, 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 how his his wife had just run off and da 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 da, and the, the chairperson uh, interrupted him. And said, said, we're here to talk about recovery from alcoholism. This is not a place for marriage counseling. And, but, and this is where said, 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 we have a number of people in this room who have experience with this who will be happy to talk with you about that right now. And, and he said, would the people who are willing to do that, uh, take Joe, over into everybody knows what the the little room is, and 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 talk with them about how how they over how how they dealt with this problem. Five or six men get up right there in the middle of the meeting and start heading towards the door, and and Joe has a choice now. There's a solution here where he can go and talk, or if he just wants the entertainment of 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 all the attention of everybody in the meeting, he ain't gonna get that. And we're back, we're back on track for a discussion about recovery from alcoholism. Because, because believe it or not, not, I go to meetings where we'll have 70 or 80 people show up. AA and SA. And when you got that many people in the room, sometimes the newcomer will not raise his hand when you ask, is there anybody here for the first time? Okay? But we want to make sure that, because that, that, that whoever's in there who is, is about, who, who is, is suffering from the fatal disease of sexaholism is getting a solution for sexaholism presented to it. And, and when somebody has, has, has lost their pet Labrador, uh, retriever of 15 years, and, and I gotta tell you, that's devastating. Been there, done that. Uh, and it's not just the lab, it's the, Cattle dog. I've had dogs all my life, and I don't. I've lost track of how many I've lost. It hurts, but it's not a place. That uh, an AA meeting is not a place to talk about dead pets. Okay. Uh, so, so I'm just saying that that this is this is how we do it. But if you don't have that kind of support, where if the five because if the five men don't get up and walk to the door to take Joe back and talk with him about about the fact that he feels like his guts have been ripped out, then all we've done is shut him down. Shamed him and made him feel like like he's he's not part of our our group. So when five men who who have good recovery get up and and walk towards the door, saying one, this happened to me in sobriety. Two, uh, I'm willing to share my experience, strength, and hope with that. Then Joe now knows one, I'm not unique, you know, and two, 
Um, there's guys in this group who will walk through me, walk with me through whatever it is I have to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Dick, and I'm a sexaholic. Thanks for thanks for coming. Uh, my thing is about timing. Because it seems to take me a lot longer to go through the steps with my sponsees. And some folks go through in a week. Some folks mm-hmm. go through in 12 weeks. And I, I was just curious your thoughts about timing. Well, the guy who, uh, who, who I told the story of who, who lost his job, like I say, I, you know, we were, gosh, we were in, into step. Uh, he had his first step written by the end of the week. And we were into uh, to, to, uh, inventory probably in the second week. But... You know, his butt was on fire and he was really pushing me. Um, but it really comes down to how much time do we have, and that works both ways, okay? Uh, my son is, is uh, he'll turn 32 this year, so I don't have the responsibility that a lot of people do who have kids at home and so forth. Uh, but there has to be that balance. But I try to make sure that if, that, 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 when I take on a sponsee, that I've got time to get him through the steps, and uh, I can I can only have a certain number of new guys going through at any one time, uh, just as a matter of, of how much time I have to get them through. But but uh, but then uh, now you know after a few years they they tend to accumulate, and I I I made a count recently. It's it's not up to twenty yet, but it's uh, over. It's like. 15 or so. If I had 15 brand new sponsees, my wife would leave me. But but a lot of these guys have been sober for, for, for 10 years and up. So it's kind of like, well, you know, so when we call, our, the, whole, the, the whole nature of our conversation is different. And the other is, what if the guy doesn't want to do the work? Well, I'm, I'm, I cannot be more invested in somebody else's recovery than they are. John, uh, grateful recovering sexaholic. Uh, a couple of questions. I got a couple of sponsors. I sponsees I haven't heard from in a couple of weeks. And I'm thinking the worst and not wanting to think that. Um, and thinking, well, they need to call me instead of calling them. And uh, well, I don't know what what your thoughts are on that. And secondly, I belong to AA and SA, and I found that group leaders in AA are probably a little bit more able to say what you just suggested a couple questions ago, like take it out of the room and, and mm-hmm. whereas in essay everybody just respects that no crosstalk so much nobody says anything. I mean anything goes in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Any garbage that gets dumped out gets dumped out in the meeting because nobody interjects. The group leader never interjects an essay. So mm-hmm. well, comments on either. Mm-hmm. Well the first the first one I can deal with real easily. Bob, what's my uh, uh, policy on calling sponsees? You know, if you don't hear from them in a couple of weeks, you call them. And if I do hear from them in a couple of weeks? Oh, that's, that's I weird. still call them. <laughs> uh, I, I, call, I, I, I call my sponsees uh, maybe not as often as they call me, but because I, I, I'm going to drive home uh, to Nashville today. Now, I got, I got you know, five hours on the road. And my sponsor's not going to talk to me for all that time. So, 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 so I'll probably call a couple of sponsees or whatever. Some of them will be re- to return phone calls and some will be just so that I can talk to them. Uh, 
the other part about the no crosstalk. This is a group. Uh, this is a group conscience issue. Um, the the thing in the white book is a suggested way to do this. Uh, uh, our meetings in uh, Nashville, some of them you come straight from the white book, and some of them don't. So, uh, 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 and and I, I, there's one there there's one meeting in particular uh, where where uh, they've taken all reference to crosstalk out because we do crosstalk. Um, and if you look at what they were doing in early AA, it was crosstalk. So I just want to offer that 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 that's a group conscience decision. Uh, but but uh, we have a meeting in Nashville. Uh, uh, we have a couple of breakouts. One's on the big book, and one's on the twelve and twelve. And those meetings have lots and lots of crosstalk in in them. In other words, we'll read something, somebody will share something. Uh, about about this, or we'll ask a question about how, and they'll be just it, it'll be back and forth. But it's done it with respect, and and again, what's the purpose? The purpose is the study of the big book and how to apply it in in our recovery. And if somebody asks a question about how to do that, we want to give them the answer. We don't want to we don't want to shame them or belittle them for not knowing the answer that they were never given. So, so again, uh, you know, by the same token, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit in a meeting where somebody sits up and says, uh, says, says, uh, you are counting the number of items that somebody had in the checkout line. That's really crappy recovery. If you are more serene and recovered like I am, now, now, see, that's a whole different thing, right? And 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 I'm not, I, you know, and I'm probably if that's if it starts in in a meeting. If, if it's if it's a meeting that I consider one of my meetings, one of my groups, I'm not a visitor. I'm going to interrupt. Now we're going to have a three-way conversation. <laughs> but but outside of that, um, uh, like I say, the real question is love and tolerance of others is our code, and sometimes that means we do cross talk. Uh, I've got a quick question, Chris. I'm willing to continue answering questions. Uh, I know some people have places they need to go. Is there is there any particular time that we have to get out of here? Uh, we have to be out by one. Okay. Um, also, too, um, before we field another question, um, I just want to go ahead. Uh, we have no dues or fees, but we do have expenses, especially for a talk like this. There are some expenses that are involved. So I'm going to pass the basket to the Seventh Tradition to help defer some of the costs from this meeting. Um, and also, too, it is being recorded, so... It's a cost of posterity, and it will be up on online uh, within a few days. So we can go uh, a little okay. bit longer, but just want to go ahead and start asking okay. whatever you can. Come on. Hey, Chris, sexaholic. Uh, I have a question about slips while you're working the steps. Um, when you're working with a sponsee, uh, you know, my tendency is that you know before they do inventory. Uh, and there's a slip. It's it's not as critical of a matter as if there's a slip after they do inventory and after the fifth step, which is where I experienced my relief. But if I'm working step, you know, six, seven, eight, nine with somebody, and uh, they slip, is it seems like it's not catching, but I'm not quite sure what what to do at that point as a sponsor. Uh, and, and I agree I, because uh, uh, if I, you know, if I'm drunk when I go to make an amends, it's not going to be a good amends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the question I ask is, what, what's the, what, why, why the slip? 
Okay? You say, well, I'm just a sexaholic. That's not the I'm a sexaholic. I haven't had a slip in 18 years. And I, if that impresses you, just consider the folks that were at the uh, at the conference uh, who have who've been sober for uh, nearly 10 years longer than I have. Okay? Uh, it's not necessary to have a slip. So, so the question is, what is it that I'm not doing? And and uh, and and I want to. And, and again, this is not about uh, you're not you know you're not doing this right. So I'm not going to let you do. I'm not going to let you. Uh, you know, it's not punishment. The question is, what part of the foundation is missing here? And uh, um, and because we need to we need to find that out. And uh, and and. And when I say we, it's a cooperative effort. You know, we need to find that out and uh, and then come up with a uh, with a solution, uh, and then and then resume. Uh, I I have have said uh, I've, I've never fired a sponsee. Okay, I, I just don't do it. Uh, other people um, uh, uh, have, and and I, I can see both sides of this. Uh, what I want to do, though, is I want to make certain that the individual understands that, that, that whenever he's ready to recover and work through the steps, I'm available to do that. I want him to know that I, that I don't have any anger, resentment, or whatever. What I especially don't want is uh, the guy that killed himself. Uh, we, our last conversation uh, as, uh, that we had, I was, I was uh, love and tolerance was the way that I treated him. And, and boy, that sure is a good thing for me. Okay, uh, but I don't want to be the jerk who says you're not getting it. I'm done with you. Get the hell out, out you know, uh, and then have him go kill himself. I don't want somebody saying I would rather die than have to talk to that SOB ever again. So, so I try to to, to do that. I've heard other people uh, make the comment that that uh, that you're not, you don't seem to be uh, uh, recovering. By working with me, so uh, you might want to look and see if there's somebody else that can help you. And uh, and I and I do I do leave that door open, uh, uh, but I never tell somebody I'm done with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work with you anymore. Thanks. John, I'm a sexaholic. Hey, John. Thanks for your uh, sharing, Bill, and your insights. And, um, uh, my question has to do with shame, um, and I really appreciate first your reference to fear and <clears throat> displacing fear with love, and and that's really been helpful to me and and work in my program. What I the gem for me coming out of the Nashville conference two weeks ago was the double session on mm-hmm. shame. And I think if you could comment a little bit of, on that and how that evolved within the Nashville Fellowship. You know, I, I went back to look at the December essay, mm-hmm. and that article in there is, my view, as a product of the Nashville Fellowship and some of the work there. And um, it's caused me to go back and look at my fourth step and elements of shame. And so I'm looking at that now with my sponsor. The uh, session um, to which John was uh, referring is uh, recorded, and it's it's uh, uh, the recordings are available um, from uh, the person who did the recording. I own no stock, or I don't get kickbacks. Uh, but uh, uh, Lee, 
It's Lee's CDs and tapes, I think, and it'll pop up in any uh, search engine, and, and you can get that that just those two uh, uh, recordings or the entire conference if you want. Um, and the person who led that is named Mark, and uh, uh, Mark is sponsored by a, uh, a, a fellow who's a, a bit of a, uh, a big book uh, a scholar as well. And, um, and, and his sponsor, Tim, uh, actually takes those uh, suggestions in the big book fairly seriously and does most of them himself. So when Mark was getting stuck with this thing about shame and uh, and suggested that he thought there would probably be a way to approach that using the the, the uh, uh, suggestions around uh, resentments and fears from the from the big book, uh, Tim suggested that he take a shot at it, and then he did, and uh, and and um, and and he found a great deal of relief from that. And and uh, and uh, um, he shared that at a at a meeting in Nashville, which was recorded. And when I heard the recording, uh, I said, "We got to get this guy on the on the program for the convention that we've got, and get it recorded, and and so forth." And in the meantime, Mark uh, sent in the article, which is available in the essay, and it was the December 2011. Am I correct? Uh, so again, I don't get kickbacks from the essay, but if you want to read the article, call Kay at Central Office, and she can uh, uh, send it to you via uh, email or mail you a, a hard copy. Um, and and it's basically just just a process by which you go in inventory and look at how how the how the shame is playing out in your life. And, and, and once you've done that inventory and discussed it with another person, and, and it, and it, and, and it is very clear to me, I'm not sure Mark would, would say it quite this way, but it's very clear to me that what he's identifying is what's the underlying fear. And, and then when he under, when he gets clarity on what's the underlying fear, then he knows what it is that he needs God's help to, to resolve. And, um, uh, and and since Mark did it the first time, uh, I know there's been at least a dozen men, and by now there's probably many more than that. I I, I bet I know the first generation uh, folks who did it and and got really good results with it. And 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 again, it's not some psychobabble uh, BS that we came up with. If you look at, if you listen to the presentation. Or if you read the article in the the essay and look at what it is that Mark's actually doing and compare it to uh, uh, to the the chapter uh, in the uh, in, in uh, on the you know in the big book on on the fourth step, you're going to find that that what this is is this is applying twelve step principles to a problem that 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 pro- I would say probably more even than alcoholics sexaholics deal with. Them. An awful lot of shame, and I think this this may be a real benefit that 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 Mark has done uh, for our fellowship. Yeah, I'm Ken. I'm sex hot. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Um, I have a sort of way I deal with sponsees is um, you know if I don't hear from them in a while, I'll call them. 
but I also have a concern where I've had some sponsees where they would continuously relapse and relapse and relapse. And I've had to, when, when, I, when I feel like I do have to just, just continue my work with them, I'll find them an alternate sponsor, at least a temporary sponsor. Say, Look, I've talked to Bill, and Bill's willing to talk with you for a while until you can figure out. But I do not want to be an enabler. Mm-hmm. And if, I, if they're just using me, it's like, well, i got a sponsor, and I'm working the steps with my sponsor. Well, we keep going back to step one all the time. I have some sponsees, and I don't, I've, unfortunately, I've got, I say unfortunately, I had a nice low bottom, so I was able to grasp the need mm-hmm. for the urgency. But I have some sponsees who don't have low bottoms. They have high bottoms. And I have to, I feel like they're not working the steps uh, at the pace. If I was in, you know, I would be working them. And I, you know, I offer, you know, hope and, you know, experience from, you know, if you get to the here, you're going to have some recoveries. Life's going to be a lot better. But obviously, they can only work fast as they want to work it. Mm-hmm. You have any advice on how to deal with that situation where, you know, they're kind of, yeah, I'm busy, I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm this, and you know, I, I, yeah, I want to work the steps, but, 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 but. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, th- this was a concept uh, that that Rick offered me during my divorce. And, and I appreciate it a lot more now than I did then. Uh, that uh, let is an action verb, okay? And and people learn from consequences. Um, and, and and what I want to do is is make sure that I'm not getting between anyone and the consequences of what they're doing. Um, uh, I, uh, I somebody asked me. Uh, a year or so ago, how many sponsors do you have? I said, you know, I I don't know for sure, but it's a lot less than than you might find if you were to take a census, because there's probably a lot of guys say, oh yeah, Bill's my sponsor, and I haven't heard from them in two years. Um, uh, they never show up at meetings, but but see, I don't I don't worry with that. Okay, uh, what I what what the but the experience that I that I do have is. That, that people who work the steps the way they're laid out in the book um, recover, uh, period. Um, and, 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 I, you know, and the guy that I, that I, uh, I told about who, who relapsed after 25 years, he quit working step 12. Okay, well, work the steps. Well, you never finish step 12. If you pay attention, it's not written in the past tense, okay? Neither 10 or 11. So he really, basically, he was, he, when he stopped working the steps, the steps stopped working. Oh, well, gee, who would have thunk it? You know? And it did, and, and, and in case you, you, you holding on that idea, again, they, how did, how do they keep you from knowing that? They write in the big book. We're not sure. <laughs> we have a, uh, a daily reprieve. It, it, we're headed for trouble if we rest on our laurels. I mean, they say it three different times, but somebody has to try it, just like this poor guy did, and then they then they get it. So uh, all I can say is I, I'm there, I, I, and I, I tell people, you know, um, you know, I'm willing when you're when you're ready to do the work, I'm willing to help you, and and until you're willing to do the work, there's nothing I can do. And I've got a guy, uh, I'm not even sure which state of the country, I know what state he's in. I just don't know which geographical state. He's in a state of pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. 
and um, and and he and 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 he could very easily uh, commit suicide, and I would never hear about it because he's 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 not he's out of contact with his family. I mean, he's just he's really trying to dig that bottom as deep as he can get it, and um, and and he might tell someone that I'm his sponsor, but uh, but we're not doing the steps together, so I'm not really a sponsor. But but if he ever decides that he wants to uh, stop what he's doing, and uh, and and he, I mean, it's kind of like he's in he's in he goes up to Philadelphia to do some work, and then he goes here to do some work, and one job after another keeps falling through. This guy's got some really impressive skills that that are in demand right now, uh, but he just can't hold the job. And if he ever decides that he wants to to get if he wants to, to to get sober in Nashville, then I'll be more than happy to take him through the steps. And if he wants to get sober in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, I know a guy over there that can take him through the steps. You know, uh, but but until he's willing to do the work, none of us are going to be able to to make that happen. Come on. Um, um, yeah, let me see. Um, uh, Alex, that's a Pollock. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I, um, so sometimes I think of, um, a sponsor, um, yeah, um, um, almost, um, um, uh, kind of as a surrogate father figure, um, and, um, although you know, um, yeah, I do uh, recognize, um, you know, that the uh, sponsor's um, uh, job really is to, you know, take um, to take somebody through the. Mm, uh, take somebody through the uh, uh, um, uh, 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 through the uh, through uh, uh, the steps, and, uh, mm, um, but you know I, I know for uh, me growing uh, growing up uh, I didn't really um, you know didn't have the um, accountability. Um, um, so, you know, yeah, and I, 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 so I find, you know, by myself looking, um, at my sponsor, kind, kind of in, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of in that, uh, uh way, um, um, so do you, th- do you, uh, feel, um, yeah, that a sponsor can uh, be sort of like that surrogate father figure for a um, for a person. Well, um, first of all, uh, again, I'm not in the uh, business of hawking uh, 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 tapes. Um, a couple of years ago in Nashville, uh, we had a, uh, a speaker. Uh, Dr. Burns Brady, who uh, did a morning session on uh, the doctor's opinion, the medical basis of addiction. And one of the uh, comments he made 
I was paying attention uh, is that 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 uh, most addicts, alcoholics, sexaholics have or had a uh, a defective relationship with the same sex parent. Okay, and Burns initially, like me, argued with this until it was very clear that his his father's uh, uh, absence from the family for extended periods due to his job uh, interfered with the relationship. And I know that was true for me. So the question of whether or not I can be a surrogate uh, father is, uh, I don't know. I've got I've got sponsees whose dads are younger than I am. Okay, um, I've got other other uh, uh, sponsees who are are much closer in age uh, to me. I've got actually got a believe it or not, I got a sponsee who's older than two sponsees who are older than I am. There are people older than I am who are in recovery, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, with that being said, uh, uh, what I what I liked is the idea that that uh, if. Uh, what the book suggests that love and tolerance of others is our code and these are the principles that I'm going to practice in all my affairs Uh, I am going to develop an intimate and loving relationship with people in recovery and it's going to be more intimate with with my sponsee simply because and I like it's trite but it's so good intimacy into me see I'm going to reveal more of myself to, to the men I sponsor. They're going to reveal uh, more of themselves to me than, than we're going to share in, in, in the general meetings. So we'll know each other better. And for, for many of us, this is, this is the, the first experience that we've had of a relationship in which the other person is not looking to manipulate us or, or, or get something from us. Okay, um, I cannot. I, I simply can't think of anything that Rick has uh, has uh, tried to manipulate from me in 18 years. Now, within the last two weeks, his car broke down while while one of his sponsees was out of town. He had agreed to go over to this guy's house to take care of the cats while he was out of town and he asked if I could take him over to you know so that he could could meet his responsibility but since I felt empowered to say no if I couldn't do it then when I said yes it was not a big deal I ended up getting to spend an hour with Rick that I normally that I hadn't I hadn't anticipated getting to spend that time with him and so, uh, so again, that this is this is, if you will, whether or not it's a surrogate parent or simply a, a, a an opportunity to experience uh, an intimate relationship that does not where, where we're not where we're not nothing's being demanded of us. Nobody, uh, I mean, because Rick didn't demand that I, you know, work the steps and get sober and make him look good. Okay. Uh, Rick, Rick really hoped that I wouldn't be uh, the first sponsor he had who committed suicide, but he, see, he, was, he, he was even willing to risk that. Um, so, so I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure I want to get too Freudian on this, but I will say that if, if, if I, and the other is, 
I have a couple of sponsees now that I really didn't like when we first started working together. And I was really hoping that they would see the error of their ways and leave me the hell alone. Um, well, first, and, and, and first of all, I didn't believe that they were sincere about their recovery. And 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 uh, and 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 in some cases, I was correct. They weren't sincere, and they they let, they left me the hell alone. But a couple of those guys have hung around, and uh, and now I enjoy the time I get to spend with them. And and I think the reason that I didn't like them is because I didn't see. It's not that I didn't like them. I didn't like who I thought they were. I didn't like the 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 the, the them that I made up and told myself who and what they were. And and uh, and then when I found out, as I got to see them more probably as God sees them, then, then the relationship changed. So uh, you know it's. And again, see, that's the sort of thing. That person will say, oh, Bill is so wonderful. He was patient with that. And, and I'm going to sit here and say, this guy taught me about my judgmentalism and a bunch of other things. And, and, and what, you, what you can't appreciate is how much that has benefited me by not reacting to stuff I make up going forward from there. And and it would have been so easy for me to have missed out on that. So, well, I want to thank everybody for for sticking it out here to the end. It's been a great uh, time. I suspect that I will be able to remain sober for the rest of the day. So, have a blessed day. Um, sure. And uh, can we just um, go up and say the Lord's prayer to wrap it up? And thanks again, Bill. We can actually make a circle here. Who keeps us sober? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back to the works of the word. Because I work every day, every night, you I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.